Book Four, Canto Four of the Fairy Queen by Edmund Spencer. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Canto Four. Saturnine makes a tournament for love of Florimel. Britomart wins the prize from all, and Artegall doth quell. It often falls, as here it erst befell, that mortal foes do turn to faithful friends and friends professed are changed to foemen fell. The cause of both, of both their minds depends, and then to both, likewise, of both their ends. For enmity, that of no ill proceeds, but of occasion, with occasion ends. And friendship, which a faint affection breeds, without regard of good, dies like ill-grounded seeds. That well meseems appears by that of late twixt Campbell and Sir Triamond befell, as else by this, that now a new debate stirred up twixt Scudamore and Paradell, the which by course befalls me here to tell. Who, having those two other knights espied, marching afore, as you remember well, sent forth their squire to have them both descried, and eke those masked ladies riding them beside. Who, back returning, told, as he had seen, that they were doughty knights of dreaded name, and those two ladies their two loves unseen, and therefore wished them without blot or blame to let them pass at will for dread of shame. But Blandemore, full of vainglorious sprite, and rather stirred by his discordful dame, upon them gladly would have proved his might, but that he yet was sore of his late luckless fight. Yet, nigh approaching, he them foul bespake, disgracing them, himself thereby to grace, as was his wont, so weaning way to make to ladies love, where so he came in place, and with lewd terms their lovers to deface, whose sharp provokement them incensed so sore, that both were bent to venge his usage base, and gan their shields address themselves afore, for evil deeds may better than bad words be bore. But fair Cambina, with persuasions mild, did mitigate the fierceness of their mode, that for the present they were reconciled, and gan to treat of deeds of arms abroad, and strange adventures all the way they rode, amongst the which they told, as then befell, of that great tourney which was blazed broad, for that rich girdle of fair Florimel, the prize of her which did in beauty most excel. To which folk mote, they all with one consent, sith each of them his lady had him by, whose beauty each of them thought excellent, agreed to travel, and their fortunes try. So as they passed forth, they did espy one in bright arms, with ready spear in rest, that toward them his course seemed to apply, against whom Sir Paradel himself addressed, him weening, ere he nigh approached, to have repressed which the other seeing, gan his course relent, and vaunted spear eftsoons to disadvance, as if he not but peace and pleasure meant, now fallen into their fellowship by chance, whereat they showed courteous countenance. So as he rode with them accompanied, his roving eye did on the lady glance which Blandemore had riding by his side, whom sure he weened that he somewhere tofore had eyed. It was to wheat that snowy Florimel, which Pharaoh late from Rigodotio won, whom he now seeing, her remembered well, 
how, having reft her from the witch's son, he soon her lost, wherefore he now begun to challenge her anew as his own prize, whom formerly he had in battle won, and proffer made by force her to reprise, which scornful offer Blandamore gan soon despise, and said, Sir Knight, sith ye this lady claim, whom he that hath were loath to lose so light, for so to lose a lady were great shame, ye shall her win, as I have done, in fight, and lo, she shall be placed here in sight, together with this hag beside her set, that whoso wins her may her have by right. But he shall have the hag that is a bet, and with her always ride till he another get. That offer pleased all the company, so Florimel with Ate forth was brought, at which they all gan laugh full merrily. But Braggadocio said, he never thought for such an hag that seemed worse than not his person to imperil so in fight. But if to match that lady they had sought another like, that were like fair and bright, his life he then would spend to justify his right. At which his vain excuse they all gan smile as scorning his unmanly cowardice, and Florimel him foully gan revile, that for her sake refused to enterprise the battle offered in so knightly wise and Ate provoked him privily with love of her, and shame of such misprize. But not he cared for friend or enemy, for in base mind nor friendship dwells, nor enmity. But Campbell thus did shut up all in jest. Brave knights and ladies, certes ye do wrong to stir up strife, when most us needeth rest, that we may us reserve both fresh and strong against the tournament, which is not long, when whoso list to fight may fight his fill. Till then your challenges ye may prolong, and then it shall be tried, if ye will, whether shall have the hag, or hold the lady still. They all agreed. So, turning all the game and pleasant board, they passed forth on their way, and all that while, where so they rode or came, that masked mock knight was their sport and play till that at length, upon the pointed day, unto the place of tournament they came, where they before them found in fresh array many a brave knight and many a dainty dame assembled, for to get the honour of that game. There this fair crew arriving did divide themselves asunder, Blandemore with those of his on one, the rest on the other side, but boastful braggadocio rather chose for glory vain their fellowship to lose, that men on him the more might gaze alone. The rest themselves in troops did else dispose, like as it seemed best to every one. The knights in couples marched, with ladies linked a ton. Then, first of all, forth came Sir Saturain, bearing that precious relic in an ark of gold, that bad eyes might it not profane, which, drawing softly forth out of the dark, he open showed that all men mark a gorgeous girdle curiously embossed with pearl and precious stones worth many a mark yet did the workmanship far past the cost it was the same which lately florimel had lost that same aloft he hung in open view to be the prize of beauty and of might the which eftsoons discovered to it drew the eyes of all allured with close delight and hearts quite robbed with so glorious sight that all men threw out vows and wishes vain 
thrice happy lady and thrice happy knight them seemed that could so goodly riches gain so worthy of the peril worthy of the pain then took the bold sir saturnine in hand a huge great spear such as he wont to wield and vauncing forth from all the other band of knights addressed his maiden-headed shield showing himself all ready for the field against whom there singled from the other side a paynim knight that well in arms was skilled and had in many a battle oft been tried hight brunchaval the bold who fiercely forth did ride so furiously they both together met that neither could the other's force sustain as two fierce bulls that strive the rule to get of all the herd meet with so hideous mane that both rebutted tumble on the plain so these two champions to the ground were felled where in a maze they both did long remain and in their hands their idle truncheons held which neither able were to wag or once to weld which when the noble pheromont espied he pricked forth in aid of saturan and him against sir blandimore did ride with all the strength and stiffness that he can but the more strong and stiffly that he ran so much more sorely to the ground he fell that on an heap were tumbled horse and man under whose rescue forth rode paradel but him likewise with that same spear he eke did quell which braggadocio seeing had no will to hasten greatly to his party's aid albe his turn were next but stood there still as one that seemed doubtful or dismayed but triamond half wroth to see him stayed sternly stepped forth and wrought away his spear with which so sore he pheromont essayed that horse and man to ground he quite did bear that neither could in haste themselves again uprear which to avenge sir devon him did dight but with no better fortune than the rest for him likewise he quickly down did smite and after him sir douglas him addressed and after him sir palliamord forth pressed but none of them against his strokes could stand but all the more the more his praise increased for either they were left upon the land or went away sore wounded of his hapless hand and now by this sir saturnine abrayed out of the swoon in which too long he lay and looking round about like one dismayed when as he saw the merciless affray which doughty triamond had wrought that day unto the noble knights of maidenhead his mighty heart did almost rend in tway for very gall that rather wholly dead himself he wished have been than in so bad a stead eftsoons he gan to gather up around his weapons which lay scattered all abroad and as it fell his steed he ready found on whom remounting fiercely forth he rode like spark of fire that from the anvil glowed there where he saw the valiant triamond chasing and laying on them heavy load that none his force were able to withstand so dreadful were his strokes so deadly was his harm with that at him his beam-like spear he aimed and thereto all his power and might applied the wicked steel for mischief first ordained and having now misfortune got for guide stayed not till it arrived in his side and therein made a very grisly wound that streams of blood his armour all bedied much was he daunted with that direful sound that scarce he him upheld from falling in a sound yet as he might himself he soft withdrew out of the field that none perceived it plain then gan the part of challengers anew to range the field and victor-like to reign that none against them battle durst maintain 
By that the gloomy evening on them fell, and forced them from fighting to refrain, and trumpet sound to cease did them compel. So Saturain that day was judged to bear the bell. The morrow next the turn again anew, and with the first the hardy Saturain appeared in place with all his noble crew. On the other side full many a warlike swain assembled were that glorious prize to gain. But amongst them all was not Sir Triamond, unable he knew battle to terrain through grievance of his late received wound, that doubly him did grieve when so himself he found. Which Campbell seeing, though he could not salve, nor yet undo, yet for to salve his name and purchase honor in his friend's behalf, this goodly counterfessance he did frame, the shield and arms, well known to be the same which Triamond had worn, unwares to white and to his friend unwist for doubt or blame if he misdid, he on himself did dight, that none could him discern, and so went forth to fight. There Saturain, lord of the field, he found, triumphing in great joy and jollity, against whom none able was to stand on ground, that much he gan his glory to envy, and cast to avenge his friend's indignity. A mighty spear eftsoons at him he bent, who, seeing him come on so furiously, met him midway with equal hardiment, that forcibly to ground they both together went. They up again themselves can lightly rear, and to their triad swords themselves betake, with which they wrought such wondrous marvels there, that all the rest it did amazed make. Nay, any dared their peril to partake. Now cuffing close, now chasing to and fro, now hurtling round advantage for to take, as two wild boars together grappling go, chafing and foaming collar each against his foe. So as they coursed and turned here and there, it chanced Sir Saturain his steed at last, whether through foundering or through sudden fear, to stumble, that his rider nigh he cast, which vantage Campbell did pursue so fast, that ere himself he had recovered well, so sore he soused him on the compassed crest that forced him to leave his lofty cell, and rudely tumbling down under his horse-feet fell. Lightly Cambello leapt down from his steed, for to have rent his shield and arms away, that while on want to be his victor's meed. When all unwares he felt an hideous sway of many swords that load on him did lay, an hundred knights had him enclosed around to rescue Saturain out of his prey, all which at once huge strokes on him did pound in hope to take him prisoner where he stood on ground. He with their multitude was not dismayed, but with stout courage turned upon them all, and with his bronze iron round about him laid, of which he dealt large alms as did befall, like as a lion that by chance doth fall into the hunter's toil doth rage and roar in royal heart disdaining to be thrall. But all in vain, for what might one do more? They have him taken captive, though it grieve him sore. Whereof, when news to Triamond was brought, there as he lay, his wound he soon forgot, and starting up, straight for his armor sought. In vain he sought, for there he found it not. Cambello it away before had got. Cambello's arms, therefore, he on him threw, and lightly issued forth to take his lot. There he in troop found all that warlike crew leading his friend away, full sorry to his view. Into the thickest of that nightly press he thrust and smote down all that was between, carried in fervent zeal, nor did he cease, 
till that he came where he had Campbell seen like captive thrall two other knights atween. There he amongst them cruel havoc makes, that they which lead him soon enforced been to let him loose to save their proper stakes, who, being freed, from one a weapon fiercely takes. With that he drives at them with dreadful might, both in remembrance of his friend's late harm and in revengement of his own despite. So both together give a new alarm, as if but now the battle wexed warm. As when two greedy wolves do break by force into an herd far from the husband farm, they spoil and raven without all remorse, so did these two through all the field their foes enforce. Fiercely they followed on their bold emprise, till trumpet sound did warn them all to rest. Then all with one consent did yield the prize to Triamond and Campbell as the best. But Triamond to Campbell it relessed, and Campbell it to Triamond transferred, each laboring to advance the other's guest, and make his praise before his own preferred, so that the doom was to another day deferred. The last day came, when all those knights again assembled were, their deeds of arms to shew. Full many deeds that day were shewed plain, but Saturain, above all the other crew, his wondrous worth declared in all men's view. For from the first he to the last endured, and though some while fortune from him withdrew, yet evermore his honor he recured, and with unwearied power his party still assured. There was there knight that ever thought of arms, but that his utmost prowess there made known, that by their many wounds and careless harms, by shivered spears and swords all under strown, by scattered shields was easy to be shown. There might ye see loose steeds at random run, whose luckless riders late were overthrown, and squires make haste to help their lords for done, but still the knights of Maidenhead the better won till that there entered on the other side a stranger knight, from whence no man could read, in quaint disguise, full hard to be descried, for all his armor was like savage weed, with woody moss bedight, and all his steed with oaken leaves attract, that seemed fit for savage white, and thereto well agreed his word, which on his ragged shield was writ, Salvages sans finesse, showing secret wit. He, at his first incoming, charged his spear at him that first appeared in his sight, that was to weep the stout Sir Sanglier, who well was known to be a valiant knight, approved oft in many a perilous fight. Him at the first encounter down he smote, and overbore beyond his crupper quite, and after him another knight that hoped Sir Brianor so sore that none him life behoped. Then, ere his hand he reared, he overthrew seven knights, one after other, as they came. And when his spear was brust, his sword he drew, the instrument of wrath, and with the same fared like a lion in his bloody game, hewing and slashing shields and helmets bright, and beating down whatever nigh him came, that every one gan shun his dreadful sight, no less than death itself in dangerous affright. Much wondered all men what or whence he came, that did amongst the troops so tyrannize, and each of other gan inquire his name, but when they could not learn it by no wise, most answerable to his wild disguise, 
it seemed him to term the salvage knight. But certes, his right name was otherwise, though known to few, that Artegall he hight, the doughtiest knight that lived that day, and most of might. Thus was Sir Saturain, with all his band, by his sole manhood and achievement stout dismayed, that none of them in field durst stand, but beaten were, and chased all about. So he continued all that day throughout till evening, that the sun gan downward bend. Then rushed forth out of the thickest rout a stranger knight, that did his glory shend, so not may be esteemed happy till the end. He at his entrance charged his powerful spear at Artegall, in middest of his pride, and therewith smote him on his umbrier so sore that tumbling back he down did slide over his horse's tail above a stride, whence little lust he had to rise again, which Campbell seeing, much the same envied and ran at him with all his might and main, but shortly was likewise seen lying on the plain. Whereat full inly wrath was triumphant and cast to avenge the shamed unto his friend. But by his friend himself he soon he found, in no less need of help than him he weaned. All which when Blandamore from end to end beheld, he walks therewith displeased sore, and thought in mind it shortly to amend. His spear he futured, and at him it bore, but with no better fortune than the rest afore. Full many others at him likewise ran, but all of them likewise dismounted were, Nesertes wonder, for no power of man could bide the force of that enchanted spear, the which this famous Britomart did bear, with which she wondrous deeds of arms achieved, and overthrew whatever came her near, that all those stranger knights full sore aggrieved, and that late weaker band of challengers relieved. Like as in summer day, when raging heat doth burn the earth, and boiled rivers dry, that all brute beasts, forced to refrain from meat, do hunt for shade, where shrouded they may lie, and missing it, fain from themselves to fly, all travellers tormented are with pain. A watery cloud doth overcast the sky, and poureth forth a sudden shower of rain, that all the wretched world recomforteth again. So did the warlike Britomart restore the prize to knights of maidenhead that day, which else was like to have been lost, and bore the praise of prowess from them all away. Then shrilling trumpets loudly began to bray, and bade them leave their labors and long toil to joyous feast and other gentle play, where beauty's prize should win that precious spoil, where I, with sound of trump, will also rest a while. End of Book Four, Canto Four. Recording by Thomas Copeland.